Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Jack Baca here in the sanctuary of the Village Church in Rancho Santa Fe, and you have joined in our worship for the weekend of May 16th. It's a joy and privilege to welcome you into our worldwide family based here in Rancho Santa Fe, but serving Jesus throughout the whole wide world. As we gather, let me mention just a couple of things. First of all, to note that yours truly will be leaving for Lebanon on Tuesday, May 18th. I'll be traveling with a small group from the Outreach Foundation and visiting many of our mission partners there in Lebanon. And I would encourage you to follow along with my travels as I paste news and information about what's going on on our Facebook page, as well as on the Village Church Home website. So stay tuned if you'd like to see where I am and what I'm doing, but more importantly, what Jesus is doing through his people in Lebanon. There's a great deal of other information about church life on our website and in the weekly emails that we send out, so be sure to consult with those as well to learn the latest of what's happening in the life of the church. And now I'd like to invite Keith and Lori Edwards to share with us in this Minute for Mission about what God is doing with our mission partners in Kenya. Good morning, church. I'm Keith Edwards. This is Lori Edwards, and we're going to tell you about the Elma Barnett Children's Center and the high school. In 2004, five members of the Village Church traveled to Kenya in search of a mission partner. We were led to a small orphanage with dirt floors and holy walls. That's with an E. Since that time, we've been truly blessed and working with our Kenyan partners have been able to purchase a 21-acre site on which we've been able to build dormitories and a kitchen, install solar panels, and also installed a biogas system to use cow manure to make gas for cooking. We've also have a farm so we can grow enough crops along with our chickens and cows to feed the entire complex. In 2014, we, spent, we opened a boarding high school that serves the community as well as our children. We have boys and girls dormitories and we have classrooms for 120 students. We also have teacher housing, which is extremely important because of the rural location of the high school. We have a large building that is multi-purpose that is used as an auditorium, a church and a cafeteria and has an adjacent kitchen. And recently we've been able to add a state-of-the-art science center and library and computer center for the children that is better than anything else in the region. And now for the important part of our project. Around 60 children ages kindergarten to post high school are cared for by the Alma Center. Walindwa, our nonprofit organization, was created to work closely with the dedicated Kenyan board in furthering the mission of Elma Barnett. It's always our goal to support the children through their highest level of education, whether that's trade school, a two-year diploma, or a four-year university degree. We're raising the children in a Christian family environment to be contributing members, members of Kenyan society and to pour back into the Elma family through mentoring and encouraging. Well, Lindwa's successful one-to-one -one sponsorship program has been making this happen for the last 10 years. About 50 sponsors are the heartbeat of this mission to keep the kids clothed, fed, educated, healthy, and surrounded by a loving staff. Thank you, Village Church, for your ongoing prayer and support for the Elma Barnett Children's Center and Elma High School. And now, friends, let's be called together in worship in these words of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Friends, let us worship the living God.
Our God is a shield about us. We're so grateful that God protects us from so much, including the sin in our lives. We are invited to confess our sins and know that God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins as we confess them. Will you please join me as together we pray the prayer of confession. Merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength, nor have we loved others as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been, help us amend what we are, and direct what we shall be, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. In Christ we pray. Hear now these words of assurance. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. May the God who forgives us our sin guide us by the power of the Holy Spirit, now and always. Amen. Having been reconciled to Christ, let us reconcile ourselves to one another by the passing of the peace. May the peace of Christ be with you. Amen. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin, lost without hope with no place to begin. Your love made way to let mercy come in. When death was arrested, my life began. Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given pain. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested, my life began. All your grace, suffering, washes over me. You have made me new, now life begins in you. It's your Chains, I'm a prisoner no more. My shame was a ransom, faithfully bore. He canceled my debt and he called me his friend. That's when death was rested, my life began.
darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested and my life began. Oh, you're but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hey, good job. Good. Do you know where that prayer comes from, girls? Uh, David. David. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it comes from Jesus. It's uh, oh. from Luke. Jesus, yeah. In the Bible, in Luke 11, 1 through 4, oh. uh, Jesus says, <laughs> Jesus' followers are asking him how they should pray, and he gives them the Lord's Prayer as an outline or a practice for how to pray. Do you guys pray sometimes at uh, night? Yeah, I pray. I pray all times. I, I pray every single night, just not on sleepovers. Yeah. But I pray on six, six, I pray six nights a week. You pray a lot. I pray six nights a and week, and you... I'm starting to pray in the morning. Good. Well, when you're learning how to pray and you're wondering what to say, you can know that Jesus gave us some instructions on how to pray in Luke 11, 1 through 4. So we are praying for you. We are praying for all yeah. the kids in Kids Village, and we can't wait to see you again soon. My strength, my light, my song, his cornerstone, his solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving ceases, my comforter, my all in all, 
Our gracious and loving God in Jesus Christ promises to be with us and to hear us when we pray in Jesus' name. I'll offer a pastoral prayer on our behalf, and then we'll close with the words of the Lord's Prayer. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. God of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ, you promise to hear us when we pray to you in his name. Confident in your love and mercy, we offer our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer as we ask you to empower the church throughout the world in its life and witness. Break down the barriers that divide, that united in your truth and love, the church may confess your name, share one baptism, sit together at one table, and serve you in one common ministry. Guide the rulers of the nations, move them to set aside their fear, greed, and vain ambition, and bow to your sovereign rule. Inspire them to strive for peace and justice, that all your children may dwell secure, free of war and injustice, hunger and poverty. Renew our nation in the ways of justice and peace. Guide those who make and administer our laws to build a society based on trust, respect, and love. Erase prejudices that oppress. Free us from crime and violence. Guard the young and old from the perils of drugs and materialism. 
Give all citizens a new vision of a life of harmony. Attend to each household, each family, that we would relate to one another as neighbors. Strengthen our congregation in our work and worship. Fill our hearts with your self-giving love, that our voices may speak your praise and our lives may conform to the image of your Son. Nourish us with your word and sacraments that we may faithfully minister in your name and witness to your love and grace for all the world. Look with compassion on all who suffer. Support with your love those with incurable and stigmatized diseases, those unjustly imprisoned, those denied dignity, those who live without hope, those who are homeless and houseless or abandoned. Magnify your comforting love upon all those who have experienced loss or tragedy. As you have moved toward us in love, so lead us to be present with all those who are grieving, all who are suffering, all who are in need, in the name of Jesus Christ. Sustain those among us who need your healing touch in mind, body, and spirit. O God, in your loving purpose, answer our prayers and fulfill our hopes. In all things for which we pray, give us the will to seek to bring them about for the sake of Jesus Christ who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Let us begin our time in the scriptures with a prayer for illumination. Please join me in prayer. God, source of all light, by your word you give light to the soul. Pour out on us the spirit of wisdom and understanding that our hearts and minds may be opened. Amen. A reading from the letter to the Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word of the Lord. Where are you right now? Where are you as you are watching or maybe just listening to this worship service? Maybe you're at home on the couch with your eggs and bacon and coffee, enjoying breakfast early on Sunday morning. Maybe you're at work on a break or in the car waiting for the kids to finish practice. Maybe you're listening on a podcast as you walk around the golf course or as you walk along the beach. Where are you right now? Where am I 
I'm in the sanctuary in front of our following Jesus window. Most of you recognize that, of course. But where am I? I am also where I have been for many, many decades now. I'm on a journey, the same journey. I'm on a path, the same path. I'm following a person, the same person, still following after all these years. Today, let's talk about where we are. Back in January, we started together a 17-week look at Romans 12. And today is the final day that we'll look at that passage. We started a look at the way of Jesus in a wayward world. And through this entire season, we have focused on the second verse in that chapter. Paul writes, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Back then, when we started this journey, the world seemed like it was coming apart. There was a terrible pandemic sweeping through our nation, and now, in a sense, it's moved on to other places, and yet still we deal with it. There was political turmoil everywhere around us. The nation seemed to be coming apart. The very social fabric of our culture was stressed with all of the, the talk about poor race relations. And so I had an idea given to me, I believe, by God, that you and I should talk about how Jesus would live in the midst of all of that that was going on and how you and I can live that maybe would be different, maybe better than the world's way. How can you and I be transformed to Jesus' way and not conformed to the world's way, a way that seems to be so dysfunctional, so distressed, so full of pain and heartache and confusion and even evil. Our answer for those who follow Jesus is that we have to follow Jesus. So what's following all about? I've chosen to stand here with this image behind me because it was conceived based on the motto of our church that's been that way for over 20 years now. This window, this image is about following Jesus for life. An old friend of mine used to say, wherever you go, there you are. True enough, isn't it? Wherever you go, there you are. Exactly. If you decide to go nowhere in particular and just wander around, well, that's where you will be, wherever you happen to go. 
If you decide to go where the world says you should go, then that's where you'll be. If you decide to go to that place where where you can have power or fame or wealth or comfort or the fulfillment of your own selfish dreams, then you'll want to follow the world's way of thinking, the world's way of acting, the world's wisdom about how you can have those things for yourself. But if you want something more, something better than this dysfunctional world, well, then you had better follow a different path. And that takes us back to this image. I want us to dwell with this image for a while today. Look at the pathway itself behind me, that winding brown and gray ribbon. It's bordered on one side by eucalyptus trees, exactly the same kind of trees that we have all around us here where we live in Southern California. It's also filled with flowers, flowers that are native to Southern California. This pathway is a pathway here in our place. It's a pathway that leads into the hills, not unlike the mountains that are far from here. You see, this image is not an image of some faraway place, but it's an image of the place where we are. It's a real place, the place where you and I live. The pathway is there because being Christian sets us on a pathway, but it's a pathway within our own lives, our real lives, here and now. Some people think of religious faith as a as a way to take you out of this world. But Christian faith is a faith that we experience in this world. This world that God gave us as our home. This world that God wants us to redeem and renew and transform and to make into the beautiful place that he meant for it to be in the beginning. The pathway that you and I follow is here and now. Now let's talk for a moment about where the pathway leads. It is a winding pathway. You've noticed that perhaps. Some people talk about the straight and narrow pathway to heaven. Well, my experience is that the pathway through life is anything but straight. Yes, it is narrow, sometimes almost so narrow that it's that it's almost impossible not to fall off, but but it's still there. As you look at this pathway, you'll realize that you cannot see every turn, every twist, every experience. That's the way the path is. It sometimes dips into valleys that you cannot see or leads up high into the mountains that you cannot comprehend. We can see, though, the end of the pathway. The end is there with that beautiful, beautiful sunburst of image behind Jesus. That's meant to represent in this image heaven. That place where God is. 
Now, heaven is really not so much some other place as it merely is the place where God is. The place where everything is, as Paul wrote to the Romans, good and acceptable and perfect, where everything is in accordance with the will of God. The pathway leads to a place. It's a really good place. In fact, it's the only place where ultimately we want to be. On that pathway, leading to that place, there is a person. Jesus, of course. And you notice that in this drawing, Jesus is walking along the pathway ahead of us and moving away from us, but inviting us to go with him. Jesus beckons. Jesus calls. Jesus invites us to be with him. Now, let's be sure to note that life has other pathways and life has other people on those pathways asking us to follow them. None of them are pictured here because you and I are all too familiar with all of those other pathways and all of those other potential leaders. And yet you and I Follow Jesus. Who is this Jesus that we seek to follow? We have him pictured here as perhaps he looked as a first century Palestinian Jew. But more than the accidental and occasional facts of his appearance, wearing a robe and sandals and that sort of thing, the Jesus whom we follow is a human being like us. But he's more than that, of course. He is God with us. He is the quintessential person where humanity and divinity come together into what earlier in Romans Paul calls the new Adam. He is the one who fulfills the plan of God from the beginning, one who expresses the image of God in humanity in absolute perfection. You can take all of the esoteric theoretical theology that's contained in the world. You can say everything you want to say and argue this position or that position. You can read all the books. But at the end of the day, everything about God that God wants us to know is contained somehow in the life and the death and the resurrection, in the person and the character of this one person, Jesus, who is God with us. And so there's a very special person, unique in all of history and creation, walking on this pathway to the place where we want to go, the place really from which he has come so that he can welcome us to come back to that place with him. Following this person on this pathway leads us to our own personal transformation. That's what the Christian life is all about. If you walk this path behind this person, you 
will change. You will become the person who you are meant to be. And then, as you live as the person who you are meant to be, the world will begin to become the place it is meant to be. That's why we're talking about the way of Jesus in a wayward world, not just so that we can get there ourselves, but so that everyone can get there and so that the world no longer will be a wayward place, but a heavenly place. In this 17-week journey, we've talked about some of the qualities of character, some of the, about the, the, the things that we do and the people who we are as we are transformed into the good and acceptable and perfect people we are meant to be. We've talked about being humble. We've talked about accepting that we are not who we are meant to be and then learning from the one who can teach us. We've talked about being part of a community, part of a family, not our own lone rangers out there on, on the prairie seeking our own life in our own way, but, but those who are part of the family. We've talked about using our God-given gifts, discovering what they are, and then, then using them, not just for our own good, but for the good of that community. We've talked about telling the truth, finding the truth, living the truth, embodying the truth. We've talked about organizing life and making things happen for the good of other people. We've talked about learning and then teaching We've talked about encouraging each other and being encouraged by each other. We've talked about giving for the sake of others and sometimes receiving what we need from others. We've talked about leading, if that's our gift. We've talked about following, if that's what we're meant to do. We've talked about being kind and compassionate and concerned for others. We've talked about honoring others. We've talked about never giving up, about being filled with stamina and passion. We've talked about caring for all people, friend and stranger alike. And last week we talked about living in harmony, living in that great symphony of love and fruitfulness and joy that nurtures the whole human community. All of that, all of that is for the purpose of overcoming evil with good. That's what Jesus did in his human life and all of the things that he did in that life. That's what Jesus did as he gave himself up to the power of evil, but then conquered the power of evil and rising from the grave. Following this person on this pathway takes us to the place where evil recedes away and it is replaced only by the good. Now, of course, following's not easy. Following's not quick. Following is not without risk. There are other pathways to take. There are other leaders out there in those dark valleys asking you to turn aside and go a different way. You can't get there quickly. It's a long journey. It's a hard journey. 
but it's the only journey worth taking. And so there's the picture, pretty simple really. A pathway to a place with a person to guide us and to accompany us. There is something missing from this picture. The thing that's missing is you. Only you can put yourself into this picture. Only you can decide to follow. Only you can walk the path. Only you can keep trusting Jesus. Only you can open yourself to true transformation. Only you can choose every single day, every step of the way, to follow the way of Jesus instead of the way of the world. It's your choice. Would you do me a favor? Would you at the end of my sermon today just stay on the video? Stay on through the final hymn today. It probably is my very favorite hymn. It's not well known. Some people say the tune is passe and nobody cares about that kind of music anymore. But really, the hymn is a prayer. It's a prayer that you and I need to hear and a prayer that you and I need to pray sometimes, a prayer that I I pray very often. It's a wonderful way, I think, to end this 17-week series of sermons, but, but we're really not at the end because we're in the same place where we have been. We're still on the pathway of following Jesus. I want to pray part of that prayer for us as we end today, and then you'll hear it musically a bit later. The first verse is in our hymn books, but the last verse is not. So would you pray with me? Oh, Jesus, I have promised to serve thee to the end. Be thou forever near me, my master and my friend, I shall not fear the battle if thou art by my side, nor wander from the pathway if thou wilt be my guide. O let me see thy footmarks, and in them plant mine own. My hope to follow duly is in thy strength alone. O guide me, call me, draw me, uphold me to the end, and then to rest receive me my Savior, and my friend. Amen. Let us respond to God's word read and proclaimed through the affirmation of faith, the ancient Apostles' Creed, in one voice and in one heart. Let us affirm the faith together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. Third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. 
From there, he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. you're going, that's where you'll be. Where are you going? What's your pathway in life? Who are you following? Shall we go together with Jesus to that place where there's power and joy and peace, to that place where there's the possibility of starting again and finding a new way? to that place where everyone experiences the blessing of God in their lives? 
to that place filled with all that God means for us to have. That's the pathway I want to follow, and I think you do too. So let's keep going. As you go, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you his peace today and always. Amen.